Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote today is by Mother Teresa. It's got to be a good one, right? Spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. Have you ever stopped in the middle of what you were doing, shopping, doing dishes, running errands, and, and just thought, what is this all about? What am I here to do? Does my life have a purpose beyond running it? What does what I do and think reveal about who and what I love? What does it matter? All these questions are really so important and yet often elusive to finding the actual answers. If they're so important, then why are they so hard to answer and define? Dr. Lester Savage has answered so many of these questions in his book, Opening Hearts, A Cardiovascular Surgeon Reflects on Faith, Healing, Love, and the Meaning of Life. We are lucky to have Barbara Mulvey-Little, and she's here with us today to discuss this masterful book and share why she was chosen to help him write this book and the meaning behind Dr. Savage's words. Barbara was invited to work with Dr. Savage in what became the last 18 months of his life, recognizing his passion to complete this book as his enduring healing legacy. Little drew from her skills as writer, editor, hospice caregiver, and spiritual director. Through their collaboration, one of the book's primary topics, the spirituality of consciously choosing love, was consistently put to the test. Savage suffered a stroke, the death of his beloved wife of 60 years, and its accompanying bereavement and increasing physical dysfunction for Parkinson's disease that challenged every aspect of life for this once vital, independent man. Yet, he remained faith-filled and focused on completing his book. Barbara is an author, freelance book editor, journalist, and workshop facilitator. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to uncovering some clear answers as to how to find love and joy in our lives immediately. So please help me welcome Barbara. Uh, Barbara, again, thank you so much for being on and for um, helping to create this masterful piece of art in essence. Well, Connie, it's my honor to be both on your show and to have had the opportunity to work with uh, a man as brilliant and faithful as uh, Dr. Savage. It's Savage. It's a Sauvage. French name. Yes, Savage. It's a, a beautiful man whose name meant wild. Oh, is that appropriate? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he had a wild spirit in that he saw possibility and opportunity where others didn't dare see it because he had such a deep and enduring relationship with his God. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, why do you think that his insights are so valuable, again, after spending so much time in writing this book with him? Well, he comes at it, he comes at the topic from two perspectives, both as a scientist and as a man of faith. And, um, he researched everything to the nth degree. And, and what ended up happening is the idea that, uh, the body 
was evidence of God was was something that just made so much sense to him. And if you look at the body, as he did all the time, I mean, he literally held people's hearts in his hands. Hmm. And, and in doing so, he saw God. And what he discerned in all of his work was that People came to him with these physical ailments, and they happened for a variety of reasons. Some were congenital, others happened because of lifestyle choices, and, but he saw that all of it reflected God above, uh, or a higher power, or a, a supreme intelligence, however, he, he wasn't really, he spoke of it, he was raised Catholic, and he spoke of it as God, but he was very open to other people's ideas, so he could fix the physical thing that was going on in front of him, but if those who he was tending didn't look at the totality of their life, their mind, their spirit, their body, if they didn't look at all of it and um, live as if it were one thing, then they would keep coming back to be fixed, especially the people who were there because of lifestyle choices. You know, there are many choices we can make to nurture our body, our mind, and our spirit, and all of it matters. And isn't that interesting that especially his generation, like now it's the hype, right? Mind, body, spirit, it's everywhere, and mindfulness and meditation, which I think all of those things are truly important. Um, So he was really... He was really a renaissance man in essence because as a surgeon, being this, the man of science, for him to look for, from, like to kind of zoom out and see the, to, like, the totality of the life, like you said, mind, body, and spirit, that's kind of remarkable. So that was his wild side. Why, why was it so important for him to, to have this book written and, and get out there before he passed? Well, you know, he entered uh, medical school at 17, and he he was in college at 16, and he was trying to decide. He went to Jesuit colleges. Jesuit colleges are a type of Catholic college, and he was trying to decide, should he serve God as a doctor or as a priest? He ultimately decided his gifts were better as a doctor, but he never lost that priestly part of him that saw that people were in pain for so many reasons, and sometimes those reasons were spiritual. Sometimes they were physical, but sometimes they were spiritual. And so throughout his life, he used his, um, his faith to see issues more broadly. And he wanted, and, and you're right, during his lifetime, all of those things came to fruition in, in terms of people started talking about body, body, mind, spirit, but he recognized it back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And he practiced his, his medicine that way, but he realized he wanted, to, he wanted to leave what he had learned over 40 years as a medical uh, professional and over 80, he was 88 when he passed away, and he passed wow. away right after we finished the book. I mean, mm-hmm. within, day, within a day of me telling him, everything's done. He said, uh, we spent a little time together the next day, and he, what I realized in retrospect is he spent that day saying goodbye to me, wow. and he died that night. Wow. He chose. He made the choice. Isn't that an interesting um, 
Wow, very powerful, I'll he, tell you. He could do that because he was so spiritually aware. And so sure. what he wanted to share was that spiritual awareness that he had because it gave him peace, it gave him happiness. It defined every aspect of his love, and he was love to people around him. He simply was. Do you think his medical background made him even more credible from the book writing to the patients that he did, you know, heal again, the, the physical, um, but I'm sure that there was a spiritual component when he spoke to his patients as well. Do you think because he really was the scientist, right, the medicine piece of it, that it, it just made him more credible? I do. I, I do think that it made him more credible because people listen to doctors in a different way than they listen to other people. And, and he was practicing during a period of time when doctors were held to even higher esteem than they are today. You know, more people yeah. question now. But back then, people didn't question. And aside from that, he was dealing with people when they were at a crisis point in their lives. Yeah. You know, and so they were much more open to listening to what he had to say, but he never, he was so gentle with people. I mean, he even, he would go in the middle of the night to check on his patients knowing they'd be scared. And, <laughs> and he would wash their hair. He would feed them. He would do whatever it took to make sure they felt loved because he believed if they felt loved, they would heal better. That's amazing. We, we need a little bit more of that <laughs> in our world today, <laughs> right, for sure. Why, yeah. why, did, um, why did he ask, and you, you highlight this in the book, but why did he ask every patient why he or she wanted to live longer before their surgery? That was kind of his routine. It was, and, and the reason he asked it is because he knew that people had to be motivated by something beyond um, just getting better I mean you know get not that getting better isn't a good reason but what he saw was that people were broken in many ways by the time they got into his office and so if he could help them discern different choices that they could make in their lives they would heal much better and they would be motivated by things beyond just travel a little or you know a lot of people you know because heart disease well, it comes at all ages, but a lot of times he was dealing with people who are a little bit older and mm -hmm. they perhaps hadn't achieved all the things in life they thought they might. And, and so he was trying to help them broaden their sense of what achievement was, not to look at just success in the way that we define success in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. He practiced into the 90s. I believe, yeah, into the 90s. So what, what, what is success in someone's life? And if it's only defined by the money you make or the house you get or the car that you have, that's not a whole lot of motivation to live. And so if he could help them see that their life extended beyond what they did mm -hmm. to who they are and the relationships that they have – then they would heal better, faster. Or did, did he did he share with you the common answers or not so common answers that people would respond when he asked that question? Just curious. Well, a lot of times people would say, "Well, I'd like to travel," 
and and he would say back, okay, so you've gone around the world six times. Now what are you going to do? What he was trying to get people to see is that being in relationship with others, loving others, being loved by others, doing things, loving God and, and serving the rest of humanity, those are the things that create a sense of meaning, mm-hmm. and meaning are things that are, it motivates us to live, engaging fully in life. You know, that's kind of simple and yet not so simple because we live in a society that's so superficial. And that's kind of sad, but, you know, to have an answer of, oh, if I heal you, what would you, what would you like? You know, like, what, what, what would you like to live for? And, you know, travel. I love that he made them drill deeper to really get inside their own head of, of what is the, really what he's asking is what is the legacy that you really want to leave behind that perhaps you haven't achieved yet, right? And it's the legacy of, you know, the, the, the pebble in the pond, right? How many, how many people are right. you affecting in your orbit? We don't realize half the time. And then it's the legacy that's left behind that you look back and say, my great-grandfather did that or my grandfather did that. Um, that's mm-hmm. the legacy. That's, that's really the passion of, of the love that we can um, share and the lessons we can learn from, you know, those before us. What, what was his most important discovery if he had one? What, what did he share? Well, you know, this is a man who created heart valves. Um, He was at the cutting edge of of heart research. He was a a contemporary of Christian Barnard and Michael DeBakey and all of those guys. And and um, he had, he and his team uh, figured out the particular vein that is necessary to use for cardio bypass, cardiac bypass surgery. So it was his team that discovered that. Uh, yet, he will say his most important discovery was understanding that love is the medicine that heals most completely. And we all have it. We all have it within us, and we don't use it to heal ourselves, right? Because we don't know how to tap into that. So, what a powerful book um, that he has written. Um, are you, based on all of this and hearing, I'm sure he shared many stories with you about the specifics of surgeries and such, do you know more about heart surgery? I do. <laughs> As you're answering this, you talked about these other inventors of the heart valve. I thought, I was pretty good. She must have learned a lot about the surgeries. How cute is that? I did. Well, and I spoke to, while I was researching the book, um, I spoke to the uh, heart surgeons that he trained he had a fellowship program that he started and so he trained other surgeons to be um cardiac surgeons cardiovascular surgeons it's actually Mm -hmm. more than just the heart it's the heart in all the vascular system sure and so i i spoke with many of them i read his notes on the surgeries i saw the kinds of things he'd i mean he's what the brilliance of the man is is just incredible and he was so humble and I was so grateful I didn't know what an important surgeon he was before I started working with him as I would have been so intimidated you would have yeah, um, you would have been freaked out <laughs> I would have but he was so gentle I wish he, he had these big brown eyes that just 
exuded love and he'd look out at me sometimes with this tiny little smile and I could feel the love that he he was so grateful that I was there helping I mean the Parkinson's disease had really um, limited him and so he needed someone else to help him physically do the writing but sure. also to compile all of the this stuff that he had learned over the years and uh, so I felt his love all the time when I was with him. I really it's, did. It's lovely. It's lovely to hear you speak about him because you're you're so genuine in your love for him. Um, you can feel it, Barb. I have to tell you, you really can feel it. It's just it's just lovely. We need to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to drill a little bit deeper and talk about that. How does the gratitude that clearly he had? How did he feel that it affected the health? We touched on it a little bit. I'd like to drill a little bit deeper. Okay. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. We are back. We are speaking with Barbara Mulvey Little, and we're talking about a very powerful book um, that Dr. Sa- Sava- Savage, did I say that right? Savage, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Savage, that, that, <laughs> yes, I'm not French. That Dr. Savage um, felt very passionate about getting out there, uh, even with Parkinson's disease and all the tragedies that he faced in his life. What does, Barb, what does gratitude have to do with the whole health thing? Well, um, Dr. Savage would say that gratitude is a natural response to the gift of life, Um, but also the power of gratitude helps helps us perceive our lives in a whole new way. It's because gratitude is a natural response to the gift of life. He was so focused on the wonder of the human body, how it worked. Um, Just a a couple of really quick things. Um, The the body will, the the body in in a single second, millions of red blood cells die off at the same time that millions are created. Um, our skin is able to heal itself within two weeks. It, it completely regenerates. And, you know, the eye is, is a, a wonder all of itself. So he looked at the human body as the most amazing thing. And so he starts with the gift of life is something that we're grateful for. Even if our body doesn't work perfectly, we have life, and with life, we have the opportunity to love and be loved. And, and so the power of gratitude is looking around, no matter what your circumstances are, and seeing the goodness that exists, the goodness 
in uh, a tree outside. Look out your window. There's something gorgeous right outside your window. Look into the eyes of another human being and see the joy or the pain or whatever is there and experience that. And so the power of gratitude allows us to look around and and not feel sorry for ourselves and say, oh, woe is me, but to say, look at me, I have another day, another moment, another opportunity to live more completely. You know, that's such an important message. The the need for this book, I think, is overwhelming, to be honest with you. And I love that. Just to look at the tree or my husband laughs at me if we're in the car. And I'm on the road a lot. I, my career has always been in sales, right? And now as a consultant, mm-hmm. I'm on the road a lot. And I, I love it because the freedom, certainly. But to be with nature for me, to be outside when most people are cooped up in an office, I find a blessing. Mm. But anyway, you know how sometimes you're driving and the rays of the sun, the way the sun oh, is behind yeah. the clouds, and they mm-hmm. shoot down. And I, uh, whenever we mm-hmm. see it, I think to myself, oops, God's talking to me. You know, I was raised Catholic, uh-huh. so, or, you know. But I think that it, it's, it's saying to me, look at this beauty right here, right now. Be in this moment as you drive. And I always think, ooh, I'm so happy I'm in the car right now that I'm not in an office because I got to see that. So my husband, every time he sees the rays now, he goes, look, look, the rays. He goes, God's talking to you. And I go, yep, yep, let's stop and look at that. You know, as we're driving, of course, you can't just stare off and get an accident. But those little moments that you raise your awareness around. And and here's the other thing, too, Barb. This poor man had Parkinson's, lost his wife, um, all of the tragedy during the period of time that he was writing this book. But his mission to complete this book, share the love, teach people that zoom out for a minute, man. Get out of your own way and just see how beautiful life is. Um, You know, suck it up, people. (laughs) It's just so... (laughs) Really, we get so stuck in our own um, perspective that we don't always stop and look at these other perspectives that perhaps can teach us how to share our love and our beauty and our gifts without the woe is me. And I, you know, wow, I, I just think this is such an important book that needed to be written before he left especially I think that our society, our skeptics, we have a lot of skeptics, let's face it. And I think that when you put the science behind it, in his case, the medical doctor, and even beyond that, this, you know, um, surgeon, this heart surgeon, this cardiovascular surgeon, I think that people buy into what he's talking about, even though that concept has been here since the, the beginning of time, right? The beginning, beginning of humanity. Yeah. Um, I just think that he kind of reframed it for our century. And I, I think that's just a beautiful blessing. You know, he he talks about the far, um, five cardinal rules for a long and healthy life and other things mm-hmm. to nurture the mind, right, to, to have more of a right. nurturing experience. Did he research all of these areas or was it from his own observations over his 40-plus years? He did not research that in particular. What's interesting is that the um, those rules that he came up with about it, their the um, n- nutrition, weight, exercise, stress, and toxins, and it, it's how we deal with all of those things. He came up with that before that came up in the literature. That um, you know, like people like uh, oh, what is his name? Um, oh gosh, it just 
flew out of my head. Anyway, the doctors that started saying it's it's a lifestyle thing, he and his research team thought they needed to look at other ways to help people be well because um, cutting open chests and fixing arteries just was not going to be a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. And so it was just his observation. He didn't do specific research to say it was these things. He observed mainly by the way he lived his own life. You know, good good nutrition with whole foods that are good for the body, maintaining a, um, a balanced weight, engaging in exercise every day, managing stress with um, both prayer, meditation, exercise, and just being aware of what stresses our body is, is a good thing. And then the toxins. He saw before it became uh, uh, fashionable to see that smoking's bad for you, that um, genetically modified organisms that are bad for you, pesticides are bad for you. There are a whole bunch of things that are bad for you. So if you want to nurture your body, you stay away from all of those toxins and you leave, lead a clean life. And that, those lifestyle choices are how you show yourself that you love yourself. You have been given this great gift of a body, and but we have a responsibility to nurture it. And then, of course, you know, you have to nurture the mind and then nurture the spirit as well. And if you do all of those things by making conscious choices, then there's a really good chance that even if you do get sick, you're with a little extra immune support to your body, the body itself can heal itself and that's what he recognized the body is a self-healing system that given enough love by nurturing your body mind and spirit and then being in good relationships with other people it will naturally heal itself and you know what and now right there is so much research that, that we know proper nutrition, maintaining a good weight, exercising and moving your body, managing the stress and the toxins, you know, eliminating as many toxins as we can. You know, all, we all know this, and there's so much information yeah. out there that people still choose to go to, you know, the fast food joints and eat the, the Whoppers or Big Macs or whatever it is um, that is, is just so bad for the body. It's so funny. My kids, um, you know, we've... we've changed our eating habits and and all of that for the better and if they go to a fast food place their stomachs are so upset and (laughs) they seem to not be able to get out of the bathroom and I say well that's because you ate junk food and they're like yeah so it reinforces that their healthy choices are good choices Um, we all have good choices around us there's so many other options that we, it's easier it's easier than ever to make those good choices but we're so lazy sometimes that we choose to just do the fast food and what have you and and all of that the other thing I just wanted to comment about was the stress I I hate when you go to the doctor and you know your arms hurting or something or whatever and they go oh it's stress and and one time I said to a doctor okay let's take the stress out of the equation life is stressful I deal with it I'm not staying up at, at night worrying about stuff because that's stupid stress right worrying doesn't change anything 
what do I need to do to remedy, um, you know, give me an exercise to do to strengthen my arm that's sore, whatever it is. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, but they, they immediately want to blame something. We're stressed out. That's our life. You know, and I always say, they'll ask you, well, what's stressing you out? And I, you know, at the time you have two little kids. Oh, my kids, the way they fight, their schedules, my schedule. It's stressful. I'm not going to eliminate my kids. So, Deal with it, right? And just be happy in the moment and all of those things that you try to incorporate. It's so simple, yet we choose, we choose not to do it. It always comes down to choice. We have a couple, of, uh, a couple well, of minutes left. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. There's something real quick on that. There's a difference between the roots of a problem and the symptoms of a problem. And so doc, we have, have a whole chapter on, on pain. And part of what you do is you discern what's hurting you. Then you remove or withdraw from the painful stimulus if possible. If it's not possible, there are other things you can do. You decide on a different course of action that doesn't hurt so much. And then you treat the injury to keep it from getting worse. But if you view pain as a teacher, what is your body trying to tell you with this pain? Then sometimes, uh, you know, we have an intuitive awareness. Sometimes if we have a pain in our neck, you say, oh, I've had such an argument with so-and-so in my life. So you literally get a pain in your neck. But, but view your, your pain as a teacher, and sometimes it can teach you amazing things. Oh, that's really right. That makes so much sense. And we, we just have a couple of minutes left. What, for you, what is the biggest takeaway message from the book, if, if you had to kind of pick? I just, I, first of all, I like the five cardinal rules. I like to give people things to think about. And those mm-hmm. five sp- specifics, the nutrition, weight, exercise, manage stress, stress on the toxins. And then this one, listen to the pain. It might teach you something what the cause is. So that I love. But what, what is the biggest takeaway for you from this book? Right before the book was completed on the interior design, I woke up one morning with this thought, no matter the question, love is the answer. Hmm. So whether we're questioning um, how we take care of ourselves, how we interact with other people, how we work, and you know, no matter what work we do, if we infuse it with love, it's going to be better. No matter how we, uh, whatever choices we need to make about our body, if we think about our body as a gift that we need to nurture so that we love it, we make different choices. And, um, and then when we're in relationship with others, you know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give both someone else and ourselves is the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness and gratitude kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So those are the big takeaways for me. And, you know, the, the word love, I know people are like, oh, love everybody. How goofy is that, right? That whole kind of goofy vibe behind it. But really, love is nothing more than um, respect others, respect yourself, right? Share, share your energy. Yeah. It's an energy. Share your gifts with others. Um, and I just have a real quick example um, before I give all your information and how people can find the book, uh, too, Barb. We want, we want to certainly share that as well. Uh, a great Christmas gift, by the way, for peeps. Uh, the read for 2017. Just saying, uh, my my mom and dad had a new neighbor move in, and they're both art teachers. 
and they have a little girl who's a nine-year-old and the mom I guess part of their tradition they made these beautiful um, out of paper like a very hard paper uh, cardstock these beautiful and I want to say they're about maybe 18 inches in diameter but it's a star but it's it's scrolled and beautiful out of paper and they literally brought it over to my mom and dad the other day for a visit and they did it for all of the elders in that neighborhood um, all their neighbors and and they the little girl was introduced to my mom hadn't met her and all of this and I said to my mom wow talk about the spirit of the holiday where Absolutely. she's teaching this nine-year-old not only their gift, what is their gift, their artistic ability to create this beautiful thing to hang, you know, from the doorway, right? Um, so noticeable and magical because it's a star, right? And taking that gift and sharing it and teaching their children, her child, to share that with with the neighbors and the elders next door. I thought, wow, that that encapsulizes the whole spirit. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I just, it's, it's wonderful. That little gift, of, or their gift, and sharing it, right, the beauty, and, and it's probably fun tradition for them to create this with the daughter, right, at the holidays. But that's the love that when we say share the love, it's simple things. Take Absolutely. your gift and create and share that love to, to put a smile on someone else's face. It doesn't have to be anything grandiose or um, complicated. It could be something so, so simple, even just a visit, right? The visit would have been enough, let alone bringing this beautiful, um, you know, so I, and we, I love we that message. For, we look for things way more complicated. Sometimes just a smile as you walk yeah. past someone yeah. or forgiving them when they cut in line or cut you off on the road and just blessing them instead of being angry. It, it's, it's a different way of perceiving the world. It's yeah. perceiving it with openness, with an yeah. open heart. With an open heart, and I, I just love, uh, that's how I titled the show, by the way, today, Open Heart. So I just, I, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. All right, guys, so if you want the book, you can go to Barbara's website. It's Barbara Mulvey Little, so it's Barbara, and then M, like Mary, U-L-V-E-Y, and then Little, dot com. Um, not to worry, I will post it on the Architect of Change uh, Web Talk Radio website so that you guys literally can click and go. If you'd like more information, you can go to info at betterlifepress.com. And that's your email, right, Barb? Yes, it is. Yeah. And so the book is also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the online retailers. If they go to the website, can they link into the book as well from there? Uh, not so much to the content. I can put some content on. I can put on, I w in fact, I will do that. I'll put on the, uh, the, um, the five cardinal rules for a healthy life. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I love it. I'll That's great. i put it on. Yep. Okay, and, and they can do get the book. Today. But that's perfect. And again, you guys could get the book on Amazon. I highly recommend it. I think this is the medicine, no pun intended really, but this is the medicine <laughs> that we really all need, I think, um, to just live a more healthy, healthy, fulfilled life. Um, also, you guys, uh, if there's topics or if there's um, help that you need personally or for your company or uh, just for your business in general, of course, reach out to me at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. You know, I'd really be happy to help you out in any way I can. Uh, Barb, thank you so much for taking the time and really for partnering with Dr. Savage to write um, this beautiful book and, and I think a very, very well needed book in this time of 
I don't know, chaos that I think we live in to some extent. So thank you again for being on. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I, I am honored, truly. Yeah, go out and read this book, guys. I'm telling you, it's uh, a life changer, uh, to say the least. Um, I hope you will always join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change, whatever that means to you, and realize that you really can do this. Um, thank you again, Barb, and thank you for being an awesome guest, uh, for your insights and inspiration, and thank you all for joining me. Uh, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman. I'm webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.